Hello and welcome to another episode of the Operating in the Spirit of Kingdom Excellence podcast. I'm your host, Tawanda Coles, and I'm thrilled to have you joining me today. Well, brothers and sisters, we've crossed into a new year, thank the Lord, and I pray you are well, you are in good health physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and you are ready to experience all that God has for you in this new year. For today's episode, I'm honored to be joined by my brother and co-laborer in the gospel, Elder Jason Woods Sr. He serves as the assistant pastor of High Calling Ministries in Upper Marlboro, Maryland, And over the holidays, I had an opportunity to sit down for a conversation about why honor matters in the local church. I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation and pray that you'd invest the time to listen to this episode in its entirety as Pastor Jason and I share our perspective on the topic of honor in the local church. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome, Pastor Jason. God bless you. Thank you for yeah, being here today. Welcome. Thank you, my sister. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so thrilled to yes. be here. <laughs> yes, 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 absolutely. Um, so this season of the podcast, we're focusing on understanding what kingdom excellence means at its core. Mm-hmm. It's the heart to serve. Yes. And and not just serving God, but having the heart to serve God's people. Yes. And to those who are listening, to learn more about that definition, I'd encourage you to check out episode one, where we define what kingdom excellence is in more detail. So definitely be sure to to take a listen to that episode. So I want to get into today's conversation. And Pastor Jason, I'll start by asking you to share with our listeners your perspective of what kingdom excellence means to you. Wow. Good morning. What a great question. Uh, Elder, you, you are, first I have to say, I am thrilled to see <laughs> God in action in your life, doing what it is you've been called to do. And so let me, let me stay obedient and get to the answer the question, but I'm just so excited to see God moving uh, in your life. When I think about kingdom excellence, I think about a posture of uh, respect uh, toward God that says, I value what it is you have entrusted me with, mm-hmm. you know, the small piece of ministry that God has given us. Um, it's a serious thing to look at this as it belongs to God, which it does. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. And so everything that we do and say in all of our deeds and actions need to uh, represent God in a fashion that says, I value what you've given me. I know I don't deserve to be here. Mm -hmm. So let me cross as many T's as I can, dot all the I's that I can. Um, And at at the bottom of it all, let my heart be in a posture that says, um, I am representing God, you know, in his kingdom. Yes. And so everything that I do needs to be not only above board, but it should be attractive and it should be done in a manner that says I am part, I'm a small part of a larger unit that all works together to glorify God. And so whether okay. I'm speaking, singing, whatever I'm doing in the kingdom should be done in a manner that projects strength, beauty, vitality, um, competence, mm-hmm. um, all, all of those attributes uh, should be at display when we're serving God. Yeah, no, that's good, Pastor Jason. I think that when we 
you know, one of the words that that keeps ringing in my spirit is having this this posture of humility yes. and that it's not about us no and it's how we are to um, understand the importance of extending ourselves. We are an extension. I believe all of us are an extension of the Lord Jesus Christ Absolutely. in our homes, in our communities, in wherever we get the opportunity to serve. So it is extremely important that our posture is always Correct. one of thinking of how can I be more like Jesus, Absolutely. right? How can I be more like Jesus? And I think that as we look at, um, the landscape of where we are today. I want to say to our audience, you know, Pastor Jason and I converse weekly, yes, right? Yes. And about a month ago, we had a conversation about how we came into our roles yes. um, in our mid-20s, right? Mm -hmm. And we share similar experiences in terms of um, how we've navigated our way through um, our leadership experience. But right. one thing that did not change that I want to kind of talk about today is how we honored our leaders. Oh my goodness. Wow. How we honored our leaders. And I want to spend a few minutes, Pastor Jason, part right here to share with our listening audience mm -hmm. some of our leadership lessons in terms of mm -hmm. why, how you honor your leader in the mm -hmm. local church matters. So I'll, I'll pause right here to say this to our senior pastors or the senior church leaders listening. This is the episode you want to share with those young people that you're developing and integrating into your leadership teams and to those emerging leaders. Emerging leaders I'm defining as those who are in their early 20s um, starting out when we were when we were in our in our 20s pastor jason there was no term for it right no, no, <laughs> no term no, for it no that's but right today the term is emerging leaders those that's in their right. early 20s starting out in their leadership roles mm -hmm. um i want to encourage you all to kind of lean in and listen to this conversation yes um before we hit record pastor jason and i were talking about how we are a part of this um hybrid mm -hmm. generation, if mm -hmm. you will, mm -hmm. where we grew up in the 20th century church mm -hmm. and right. where a lot of what we see in terms of leadership was simply not tolerated. No, right? <laughs> not at all. <laughs> not at all. Right. <laughs> and where, where, where we, we, we saw that we experienced it, but we also are now a part of this current landscape of yes. the local church mm -hmm. where so much is changing, even literally as we speak. Yes. And we see the standard of leadership or what's tolerated and accepted on a slippery slope. So let's park right here, Pastor Jay. Let's get yes. into it. This is going to be kind of like an unfiltered conversation right here. So, so lean in, brothers and sisters, and, and we're going to share our thoughts. I want to kind of like, you know, kick it off with, with your thoughts, kind of like where we are in terms of your observations, mm -hmm. In terms of those coming into leadership, what are some of the things that that you've observed that we've got to tighten up in? Oh, wow. What a huge, huge question. Um, but like you said, you we've kind of been in this vein for a while. So I'll, I'll start with this, my sister. Um, we are at a, I believe we're at a junction where we have more information than we've ever had before mm -hmm. in the history of mankind. We have access okay. to more information um, instantly 
than we've ever had. And our leaders, our emerging leaders are definitely educated. Uh, yes. We've got the degrees. We, we've been able to be blessed by the hard work of the generations before us who labored and sacrificed so we could get into institutions of higher learning. Mm-hmm. We've taken advantage of that. We've gotten our MAs, our, we've gotten out all of our degrees, mm-hmm. all of that. Um, but yet we still lack understanding. Yeah. And we yeah. still lack wisdom. Mm. Um, and in some places we even lack knowledge, even though we're educated. What wait a minute, hold on. Wait, 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 we're not going to go past that one too fast. Okay. We lack knowledge, mm-hmm. even though in some instances we may be educated. Yes. yes. Y'all come on. Let's, let's, let's noodle on that one. Think that over. That is a say moment because to your point, we have so much information coming at us, but if we don't take the opportunity mm-hmm. to really get the knowledge yeah. um, in terms of what it is the Lord would have us, that information that we may get from all these other myriad of sources and even, you know, you know, seminary tr- training and all that kind of stuff. I'm not knocking that because mm-hmm. I believe that there's a place for it, but there is a certain knowledge that is downloaded into our spirit yes. by the Holy Spirit when yes. we learn to sit and lay prostrate before <laughs> the Lord. That is some things that we cannot overlook yeah. over, you know, the, that knowledge, that, that information, I'm sorry, that's acquired yes. through all of your education has its place. But my God, when it comes to serving in the Lord's church, yes. it is laying before the Lord in yes. prayer, in his word, engaging in our spiritual disciplines consistently. That cannot be something that is put on the back burner. No, you can't overlook that. Um, Proverbs chapter number 24, verse three says that a house is built through wisdom. Uh-huh. But by understanding, it is established. Uh-huh. And I uh-huh. think the problem or the challenge with the house of our our current and emerging leaders uh, in some respect today is the fact that we've, we've done very well with the book knowledge, yet we we haven't we haven't quite crossed that threshold of actual spiritual transfer. Oh, yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, and part of the reason for that, I believe, is that the, it's a generational disrespect. Mm, is mm-hmm. that there's an older generation that has the wisdom because of their experience. And they don't quite have the book knowledge or education. And then the counterpart has the book education, but not the experience nor the wisdom. Yeah, yeah. And so when they're going through their experiences, they're creating this this new experience because of the lack of wisdom. And their experience is not the same because they haven't done the due diligence of crossing that bridge and understanding that, yes, I have book knowledge. I know all of scripture. Yet it's almost like that uh, story we hear about the Psalms, the, the, the one who talks about the Psalms and can recite the 23rd Psalms. Sure. But they, but the other person is in touch with the shepherd that they're talking about in the song, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. we've got the book knowledge against the wisdom and experience, and those two groups have to come together. I think yeah. the, the challenge is how can the emerging leader come to understand and respect the wisdom of the elders without the elders thinking that they don't need the youth vitality and education of the younger? And we have to bring those together. 
Oh, so Pastor Jay, so we we've kind of played in this sandbox, right? Yes, you know, no we've been there, we've been there, we've experienced that. <laughs> no <laughs> and question. understanding that, you know, there is this desire for I believe there there is a desire for that wisdom, yes, right? And there yes. is there has to be on the part of our seasoned elders yes. not to view the emerging leaders as those who are trying to because it's not always necessarily that they're trying to change things. No, right. But the perspective is just different. different. Right? Mm-hmm. And we have to guard ourselves um uh, against thinking that different is wrong. Right. Correct. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And and we have to be okay with understanding that, you know, we're in a season, we're always in a season of transition. Yes. Always. always. And I think as the, as the local church begins, continues to grow and thrive, we've got to make sure that that synergy between the seasoned elders and the emerging leaders doesn't get lost in terms of viewing the emerging leader as someone who is trying to be contrary or someone trying to just abolish, you know, all Mm -hmm. the the foundational principles. I don't even think that's it. As a matter of fact, I know it's not it. You know, it's, it's, it's really about can we maybe look at things through a different lens sure. as it relates to um, our experiences as a young person, sure. um, how we are in the marketplace or how we're engaging with our friends and our family? Can we look at things through a different perspective? We're not saying that you should ne- um, uh, compromise the non-negotiable. Sure. No, not at all. Right. But there could be a different method. And I, and I pray that as our listeners are kind of digesting this and feeling some level of tension, feel it, sure. lean into it. Yes. You know, we really want to make sure that, you know, there is space for both, you know, the, the wisdom of mm-hmm. the uh, the senior leaders. And there's also space for the creativity and the innovation. Yes, absolutely. That our emerging leaders bring to the table. Yes, we have to have it. Um, we live in a technological technologically advanced era. Mm-hmm. You cannot do ministry today without it. Yep. You cannot be effective in ministry today without it. Um, and as much as you kick against the brick, you 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 won't make any headway without it. Um, Exodus chapter number 20 says to, it, it admonishes us to revere, respect, and treat um, with uh, deference, deference, submission. Mm-hmm. And perform your duties as you honor your father and your mother, right? And so I think that kind of speaks to even in the in our in the church, our spiritual mothers and fathers have a wisdom that a younger generation must first and foremost respect and honor. Yes, right. Yes. You have to do due diligence in making sure that you honor and respect those who came before you, because without their sacrifice there would be no ministry for you to serve in today. Listen, listen. Right? So the opportunity that God has opened up for our generation, and like you you, you eloquently said before, you and I fall in this middle space, um, but that generation coming right behind us, mm-hmm. you know, they have to recognize that there are certain battles you're not going to win with your education. Listen, come on. <laughs> you're, you're, you're only going to win certain battles, as the scripture says, it's going to take... Um, you're fighting spiritual warfare and you're trying to use natural means, mm-hmm. you're never going to win that fight. So you have to humble yourself and you have to 
make sure that you recognize spiritual principles that apply to spiritual warfare so that you can win the battles God is, has placed us in place to win. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you, you're never going to get there with you, you pulling out your, you know, your degrees when what you really need to do is humble yourself and pray. Yeah. Yeah. Those two things have to come into alignment with each other. And I think by and large, the older generation has gotten kind of scared for lack of a better word, because they sure. feel like coming for their position. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Uh-huh, uh-huh, what, uh-huh. what relevance will I have if I can't do this anymore in the, uh-huh. in the, in the church, or if I'm not esteemed or if I'm not looked to for certain things. Um, and that is the, I think that is the issue with making what you do in the house of God, your total identity. Mm, right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a piece that the older generation has stuck within them because the church was really all they had. Sure, sure. It's where they were morally, you know, where they were, their esteem was built up in the church. They found out who they were in the church, but they were attached to the church so deeply that when I can't fulfill my duty in the church anymore, I'm discarded. And and not only that, so uh, Pastor Jason, to piggyback on that, I think we fu- we we grew up in a time where, to your point, that that was all they had. It was in the the church where they were most respected, yes, right, because yes. most of the time, whether in the home or in the marketplace. It, sure. it just wasn't there. You sure. know what I'm saying? Sure. Not having any influence in terms of decision making or some kind of um, uh, position of authority, Absolutely. if you will. Absolutely. And so when when the danger there in terms of making what you do in the local church, your identity, you do feel kind of like, oh my gosh, threatened. Like what happens if I'm no longer doing this? And I think there's an opportunity uh, probably for a future podcast episode to really talk about um, and expound on the difference between understanding your role in the local church and what it is you're called to do um, and that your, your identity should not be uh, tied into a specific role. Right. Right. And I think one of the things that our emerging leaders are super clear on is that point. Yes. They don't find their identity in, in a role that they, they have in the local church. And sometimes that can be misconstrued as um, not really caring You know, and it's not even that, you know, it's more so I understand and I'm clear about what my calling is and that I can serve in multiple roles. I'm not tied or married to any role in particular. It doesn't make me who I am. Right. Right. Yeah. So I think that we, um, we, there's a lot of, there, there, there's a lot of things to be learned on both ends yes, no um, with, with regards to that. And you said something I had um, in my mind for this conversation, you know, three, three key areas for us to talk about, and you've already touched on them. One being submission, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Understanding how to come under the authority of another, yes. right? Oh, and how that, that is important um, for emerging leaders to understand. And you talked about, you know, our, um, the older generation, our senior leaders, the mothers of the church, yes. you know, like yes. where are the mothers of the church? Yes. Come on. That's yeah. a question. <laughs> yeah. You know, the mothers of the church are now 40. Right. <laughs> 
Come on. And, you know, right. I keep, keep it in 100. They, they, yes. they, they 40, right? They 35 and 40. Um, and that, 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 that whole element of wisdom that big mama and then mama had that, uh-huh. that general, that passing on of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding from generation to generation is now something there's a huge gap in between you know big big mama just left big mama is is sitting at home you know watching hip-hop love and hip-hop come on pastor jason you know? and, then mom, <laughs> and then the mothers of the church are 40 right so they you know they they just left the club last night you know what come I mean? on pastor jason <laughs> so you know the 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 spiritual maturity process has to happen now a lot quicker Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, so some of the things we used to get, and you know how we came up since we had Sunday school. Mm -hmm. Um, We stayed in church all day. Sunday, Sunday, look, Sunday was off limits, yo. Sunday, Sunday, don't make no plans on Sunday. Mm -mm. If it it don't involve uh, being in the house of God, don't make no plans. So Sunday, we had six days a week. Yeah, yeah. That seven, that, that Sunday was... In, in in all sense of the word holy like you it was yes you were not doing anything absolutely right. i was i you know a funny story i had a a situation where my husband and i were, were re- recently talking about this very topic and how mm-hmm. our children uh who are uh under the age of 12 two of them we were invited to an evening service mm-hmm. my children said what's that what is that <laughs> mom what is that what is that? Do you yeah. mean to tell me um, we have to do church again? again? We, going, we going again? Yeah. And I recall, I shared with them, I said, mommy, mommy was in church from, you know, nine o'clock all the way until maybe 9 p.m. Yeah. Sun was down. The sun was down. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think, you know, to our point here, you we talked about how that, 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 um, spiritual maturity and what was given to us. And, and I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want our listeners to think that there was anything wrong with that because at that time in that space yeah, that's, for us, that was that's common. what we needed. That was common. That yeah. was common. Most and, churches did that. and most churches did it. And, and especially those in the black culture, the, yeah. the, the, the black church, that was common. And in some ways, um, you know, emerging leaders are like, nah, I ain't got time for that. Nah, you got, a, you got about an time. hour of my, you got about an hour, about an hour, about 90 minutes. Yeah, or you got so. about 90 minutes of my time. And then mm-hmm. you probably got about an hour to 45 minutes of my intellectual concentration. Right? Sure. I'm actually hearing what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that that change in culture, technology have all happened in that, in that whirlwind. And here we are today with, emerging leaders coming to because see what the thing is what you just described when you were in Edmondson Avenue in Baltimore all day long on Sunday and I was Mm -hmm. at Georgia Avenue all day long on Sunday what we understood was not only was God important our connection to the community of believers was important listen right and so we spent a lot of time with each other Yes, Pastor. We spent time learning each other and 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 praying for each other and laboring with each other. These are things that you can't get out of a textbook. These are things that you have to have hands-on experience with. Uh, Would you remember when we used to do the ten-day fast and we Mm -hmm. leaders would come down and wash feet? 
Mm-hmm. Um, those mm-hmm. type of events are rare today. Yes. Because we've kind of figured it's not sophisticated enough for for our high IQs now, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that looks subservient, which is what the gospel calls for. Calls, calls for submission, <laughs> calls right? For especially, submission, right? Especially the leaders, yes, right? To be yes. able to submit, to humble themselves right. to one another. I believe we we learned, Pastor Jason, you know, and I love how you said it, you know, it taught us that God was important, mm-hmm. number one, mm-hmm. and being together yes. was important. And I think that is so missing yes. today, no that being together, that development of our brothers and sisters, that relationship building, Yes, right? Yes. Um, and I know that relationships are important to our um, emerging leaders. It just looks a little different, it but does. I think there needs to be an intentional um, effort toward understanding when leading in the Lord's church, you've got to be in relationship with the people you yes. are called to steward. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And that doesn't always happen. It, it cannot just happen 90 minutes on a Sunday. Sure. Right. Absolutely. It, it doesn't can. work. It doesn't work. And, 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 you know, as I ponder it more, what I think has happened over time is you and I often had this discussion about how leaders should regard and entreat the people of God as we serve them. And then the other side of that street is how leaders submit to the leaders who they fall under in service. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So in other mm-hmm. words, your, your pastors, um, your bishops, whatever the titles may be, is not really the issue, but their service and the position that they hold in the kingdom. We've got to learn, we got to get back to a place where we learn how to respect that. Oh, let's know? talk about it. Unpack that, that a little bit, Pastor Jason. That, that's that's kind of gotten lost. Um, you know, in the same vein that leaders have kind of taken advantage of their respective positions in the church in some regard we have caused people to not regard these institutions or positions of service at their proper level. Right. So I don't mm-hmm. mean that the preacher got to have a big chair or parking mm-hmm. space. That's not what I'm talking about. Right, I'm just right. talking about your, your, even in your approach to them, how you view them, um, sure. how you serve with them, sure. um, how you handle disagreements with them. Um, sure how you go about handling directives that are given to you um, by your pastor or just in how you entreat him when you greet him. Mm -hmm. It's not your boy. Right. You know what I mean? That's not my homie. That's not your homie. That's not your boy. That's not your, you know, you may be good friends. You may even be relatives in some, in, you know, in some regards, but no, I, I think the honor has been misplaced or the value on the honor that should be there has been devalued. And it's kind of devolved us to a place where we already know how the world feels about the church. They all think they mm-hmm. think we crooks. They think we mm-hmm. take all the money. They think we mm-hmm. sleeping with all the women and the men in the choir. You know, all of the stereotypical jargon that we hear consistently about the church. That's fine on the outside. I'm not really concerned with what outsiders think because they're not mm-hmm. in the house. Sure. But when sure. you come into the house, what I think has to happen is there has to be a transfer of spiritual principle that lets a generation emerging know this is how you confer honor on one another. Yes. This is how you pay tribute to those whose shoulders you stand on in the gospel. 
right? The same way we revere the saints in the scriptures, Paul, Peter, John, we speak about them with a reverence because they're in scripture, right? And we understand the biblical text. And so we Mm -hmm. honor that. Mm -hmm. Yet we have men and women right in front of us who've lived before us who we don't show the proper honor to. So, Elder, you can't come into a meeting and call your pastor by his name. Listen, no, we can't do that. We can, we, we cannot, you and I, you and I cannot do that. Right. We can't do that. We were not taught that. However, it has been our experience in observing where that seems to be commonplace. Yes. Right. More and more. And, 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 um, you know, I, I'll, I'll share this quick story about how my, my experience, you know, my pastor, our pastor started out as my friend. Right. And when that transition happened uh, in terms of recognizing the pastoral responsibility to shepherd and care for my soul and care for my family, I needed to reconcile in myself how I addressed him with honor. Absolutely. I will not, I will not, and you know, use, we're not on first name basis. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because there's a level of respect for the office of the pastor. Correct. Right. And I think a lot of times it goes to how we handle the man of God, how we handle the woman of God. And I think it's important emerging leaders, please listen in and hear what we're saying. There is a, a respect and an honor that is due Mm -hmm. to the leader that God is calling to shepherd and steward your, your, for your soul. And I think that we've got to honor them. And we're not saying put individuals on pedestals because we're all human. You know what I'm saying? But I believe that the Lord does require us to be mindful how we handle absolutely our leaders in the Lord's church that they serve. Um, they have a, our spe- specifically our pastors have a, a role that, that they need to play in our lives and we need to honor and respect that because when there's that familiarity, mm-hmm. right, we may not be able to discern mm-hmm. what, what, what it is in terms of correction mm-hmm. and, and those things we're looking at that individual as a peer, right? And not yep. and not listening to that person as this person is really looking out for my soul. So when yes. they come to me with correction, sure. I'm not rising up in my flesh. Sure. Absolutely. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. I'm prayerfully submitting. Yes, sir. I understand because there is something that the Lord wants you to know, wants me to know um, coming through you. So I think you you hit the nail on the head right with that one right there. Mm-hmm. It's, extremely, extremely important. And when we talk about um, submission, we've talked about honor, we've talked about respect, this idea of um, obedience. And I think you mentioned our pastors or our leaders give us directives. You know, sometimes emerging leaders will feel like, well, that don't make sense. Yeah. Sometimes older leaders, sometimes (laughs) leaders who've been in position for quite a while. This don't is true. The, don't see the yeah. value in that. Yes, sometimes. absolutely. Yeah. So let me let me correct myself. It's not just something that is um, specific to those who are just coming in into a leadership role, but anybody in terms of taking correction or listening to what the man of God or woman of God, depending mm-hmm. on your church dynamic, what mm-hmm. they bring bring to you. We we as servant leaders, right are responsible, have a responsibility to be obedient. Right. 
Absolutely. You know, that, that term servant leader is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think now that we've been using it for quite a while, we, we've kind of gotten familiar with it, but still can take it for granted. That sure. servant leader is just, in fact, actually what it says. You're a servant first. And because you learn how to serve, you can lead. Right. And it's not a leader period all by itself it's just it's, it's service before leadership oh um, that's good that's and good I, service I, before leadership yeah. yes and i yes. think that particular issue is one of the things that trips us up in the body of christ now is that we are putting people in in so-called positions without a track record of service Ooh. right mm-hmm. you haven't served in smaller areas or without a title um, but because you may have credentials or you may have some kind of degree, or even if it's not about the degree or credentials, you just want leadership because of what it looks like, you know, in the limelight. Mm-hmm. But you don't see, as Pastor George would say, in the kitchen. You, you haven't been back in the kitchen mm-hmm. um, to see how this stuff is cooked up, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you just come out into a beautiful dining set and you see this food smells good, the ambiance, it looks good. But behind the curtain, there's a there's a whole mess. There's a whole mess of processes and other things that have to happen to get the people who come out and serve serving properly. Yes. And so I, I think once again, that's the wisdom of the elders. Yes, that's you, it. You could never walk into a church back in the sixties, seventies, even I dare I say eighties, early eighties, and say, "Hey, I'm going to be a preacher." <laughs> no, sir. No, sir. sir. No, ma'am. You, 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 you would sit for a good while. A good while. And the saints would have their eye on you. And the leadership would be clocking you to make sure to see whether your character was or is what it, what you said it is. They would see how faithful you were. They would see how committed you were. My goodness, the, the church we grew up in, you had to come and give account of the services you made. Listen. You had to report on all. When you, report when you on all. Meeting. Come right. on, group meeting. How about yeah. that? You want to leave? Have we seen you? When was the last time we we've seen you at service? When was the mm-hmm. last time we saw you uh, serving on the at the door on the on, on the usher board? When service, 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 service. Yes. When have we seen yes. you serve? Yes. Right. Yes. And today, I think now, if you play your cards right, you can walk into a small church or a church that really doesn't have any structure. And you can be charismatic and you can throw some words around and you can sing a little bit and you may be able to hoop or you may be able to dress well and look the part, right? And get right into a leadership position because the church may be needy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. For looking for mm-hmm. people to serve and may not mm-hmm. know how to necessarily know how to identify real servants. Mm-hmm. But I say all of that to say honor really does play a huge part uh, in how we serve, right? You can serve, but do you serve honorably? Yes. When you disagree with your pastor, do you form a small committee on the side that disagrees with him as well and kind of, you know, do this consortium of disgruntled people who don't like pastor's last message? And so mm-hmm. you make a little faction over here. Uh, people who think that they know more than the pastor because he doesn't have degrees and mm-hmm. you know, all that kind of thing. Um, we've got to learn how to build the house through wisdom 
and by understanding establish it because yeah. we can build it right but if it's not established it means it won't last oh that's good and the only way you get it to last is that you have to understand what ingredients went into the wisdom of building that house right and so all the ingredients that it takes uh the wood you know the lumber, the cement, the tools, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. nails, mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. necessary, you know, measuring twice and cutting once. It's all of those type of things that when you build something, you can build it and it can look really good and it can, it can stand for a while. But if it doesn't, if it's not built by understanding, then it's not established, which means it has a high propensity to fail when strong winds and storms come. So foundation, honor has to be mixed into that foundation. If we, if you're not, if you don't know how to honor the man and woman of God, even if you're smarter than them, even if you know more than them, even if you've been serving longer than them, you still have to humble yourself, right? And I think that is a key component to understanding leadership in this 21st century, especially in the church, because people already are looking at us with the side eye. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I think that as you. It's just so good. So rich. I just really hope the listeners kind of just leaned into everything you just shared uh, because it's so true. And, you know, we want to make sure that we represent the Lord uh, and the Lord's church in the beautiful way that I believe the Lord requires of us. That it's about love. It's about community. It's about service to one another. And, you know, I want to, before I, I, before we, before we wrap up, I want to make sure that we kind of bring together some things that you really said in terms of, you know, the saints, you know, I don't even hear that term, you You know, I don't even hear the term anymore, the saints, saints, but the things that the saints taught us, um, Pastor Jason and I want our um, emerging leaders and all leaders kind of to lean in was one about character. You said, you know, even before seeking a leadership position, you needed to make sure that your character was in place, right? Making sure that you were in a position for somebody to be able to see you, you know, you just can't, you know, want to serve kind of like, and not be in a position for people to to have eyes on you Absolutely. because you know when we see you there's there's that opportunity to build trust sure. right to Absolutely. make sure we kind of know what you're doing your faithfulness you know to be able to be consistent not just you know because there are people who are are faithful you know in terms of being present and visible but being consistent in, yes. in your service and being able to uh, humble yourself when necessary and honoring the man or woman of God with that, with whatever the direction is. So I, I, I'm going, we're going to put a lot of nuggets in the show notes because this was such a great, great conversation. Um, and I, I pray that as, as those who are listening, um, as you're digesting this information as to what it is you take back to your local ministries, your local assemblies, to please, as you're developing and teaching your leaders, not to overlook the um, importance of laying that foundational groundwork about character, about um, not just having competency, but cooperation, being able to work with one another, mm-hmm. being able to work with other leaders, collaborating. Those That's are right. the things that when it comes to service and serving in the local church, um, honoring the man and woman of God, those are the things that pastors and church leaders are 
looking for. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you and I have had the unique experience of being shepherded by our our current pastor before mm-hmm. he was pastoring. Yes, correct. You know, as as mm-hmm. young as young teenagers, you and I were taken under his wing and he really groomed us and and walked with us in our early days of our spiritual walk. And most people don't know this, I guess a personal fact about me, unless you're in our congregation, you don't know that Pastor George is actually my brother-in-law, right? Correct. So mm-hmm. Married to my mm-hmm. oldest sister. Uh, First Lady Charlene, what most people don't get to see are instances such as last night when he's at the house for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. We're sitting around talking, watching the football game. Um, and all day long, I'm, I'm while we're doing that, I'm calling him George all day long, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then crosses my heart a spiritual matter. Mm-hmm. I have to instantly shift gears when I'm coming from just us chilling. Uh-huh. to talking about spiritual matters, he instantly is referred to as my pastor. Yes. So in the middle of a sentence, we could be talking about football and something crossed my mind about brother so-and-so at the church. You're going to hear me go from George one second to pastor. Uh-huh. What do you think about this? Uh-huh. Um, and I have learned over time that that's not a small thing because our pastor is not one who, would ever even tell you that he was a pastor unless sure, you asked. Absolutely. You would absolutely. never, you wouldn't know it, right? He's just that down to earth. But I've made it part of my character to make sure that I always infer that honor on him. Sure. Um, and I've taught my sons and daughter that, you know, he's Uncle George if we're at the house kicking it. But the minute you start talking about a spiritual matter or anything regarding the Lord's church, you have to know how to presently cognitively make that switch Mm-hmm. You've now entered into different space. Yeah. You're now talking to your pastor, not your uncle. Oh, that's good. That's good. I hope I, I hope all leaders yeah. leaned into that, leaned into that, that wisdom there, Pastor Jay. So, so good. So, so good. Listen, I want to pivot to a, a segment real fast. It's so good. So good. Um, but I want people to kind of get to know Pastor Jason a little bit better. Mm. And so I want to do a segment called Think Fast real quick. Okay. Just a few questions. Don't overthink these. Okay. Okay. Um, just the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. All right. Okay. Here we go. So what's something fun or exciting happening for you personally right now? Fun or exciting? My grandson. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> My grandson, Kyrie. Um, yes. Yeah. He'll be three on Christmas Day in okay. a couple of weeks. And that's just, that's, 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 it's all about him. Listen, so what's, what's so funny is that you talk, we talked earlier about where the mothers of the church, you know, the older folks, you know, how we in our forties and here you are yeah. talking about your grandson in your forties. <laughs> Yes. Yes. I love it. I love yes. it. I love it. Okay. Favorite season of the year and why? Oh, uh, fall. Uh, mm-hmm. Fall because it's the changeover. My birthday is in September. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love the, the changeover in the, the weather and the, the whole season. It, yeah. It just brings so many good memories to me. Okay. Good, good, good. What's your favorite pastime and why? Favorite pastime is probably playing the saxophone. Okay. Um, that's just part of, it's part of my ministry too, but it's something mm-hmm. I just enjoy to do. So Pastor Jason listeners uh, is an anointed musician as well. He can preach, he can teach, and he can make that saxophone holla. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Amazing. Amazing. What movie would you never get tired of? Oh my goodness. Uh, the movie Heat. 
Ooh, tell us why. Uh, Al Pacino and Robert De Niro are a cop and a bank of robbers. And Mm -hmm. there's a scene in the movie where I always use it to keep my mind engaged when it comes to ministry. There's a scene where they just robbed a bank. Robert De Niro is coming out of the bank with all the money with him and his guys who just robbed it. Al Pacino is coming to, to, to try to apprehend these guys. They get into a huge shootout in the middle of the street, broad daylight, and there are thousands of cops all over the place. And Robert De Niro and his team, rather than running away from the cops, engage them and start moving toward them. Mm. And most bank robbers are in a in a rush to try and get away. They say, no, we're going to bring the heat to the cops. We're bringing it mm. to them. So we're not mm-hmm. running from them. So I I love the fact that they are moving towards the opposition, not running away from it, even though they're outnumbered. Oh, that's, that's how I feel about ministry at times. I just feel like the, everything is so much against us for following Christ, mm-hmm. but I'm never one that's doing, I'm not running. Like I'm bringing this to your doorstep. And if you take me out while I'm doing it, then so be it, but I'm not running. Ah, that's good. That's good. Pastor Jay. Last question. Who is your inspiration? Wow. Um, there are many historically Malcolm X, mm-hmm. um, present day, um, my, my father. Mm. Let's talk about that. Why is your dad your inspiration? My dad is my inspiration because of his level of ability to sacrifice, commit, and make no excuses. Mm. He worked two jobs my whole life. My mother never worked. He had seven children. We never wanted for anything. He worked two jobs and he was deacon on his post every time he was he was supposed to be there handled the uh needs of the church and then he uh, he was uh, well i hate to say elevated in this sense Uh of elevation but he took a step towards being an elder he was accepted as an elder he served faithfully as an elder and then he became a pastor um all while never abandoning any of his duties at home Mm-hmm. He he really laid out the platform to be able for me to be able to see you can take care of your family, you can serve the people of God, and you don't and, and there are no real excuses as to why you can't do it. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. That's good wisdom right there. So um Pastor Jay, you you always know it is a pleasure to always to speak with sister. you. Always. always a pleasure. So for those who may want to connect and engage with you on social media, how can they reach you? Absolutely. So I'm 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 largely on Facebook, just under my name, Jason Woods. Don't get that confused with Jason Woods Jr., who is my son. He, mm-hmm. he also <laughs> is on there. Uh, check him out too, though. He's a, he's a pretty cool guy. He's a cool um, guy. And Jazz for Life on IG. That's J A Z Z. The word for F O R L Y F E. Okay. Jazz for Life. Okay, we'll we'll be sure to post those handles into the show notes. Um, as we wrap up our time together, you know that I believe leaders are learners. Yes, absolutely. Yeah? Um, so can you share with our audience what you're currently reading? I am reading T.D. Jake's Reposition Yourself. Oh, the, excellent at, book. And I'm reading a new book, a brand new book called Battle Cry by Brother Jason Wilson, who is a extraordinary men's ministry emerging men's ministry leader he's been around for a while but i feel like his season is really 
taking off. He has a great book called Battle Cry that I'm reading right now. Okay, excellent. We'll be sure to post links to those resources in the show notes as well. Uh, Final question, Pastor Jason, and here it is. How can the community of kingdom leaders listening today pray for you? Oh, wow. Great question. Um, Pray for me that I continue to serve the Lord's church in a capacity of love and concern for their general well-being. I am one that is kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm results driven on one mm-hmm. end, mm-hmm. But, but I understand that sometimes people take precedence over, over process. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I, and I always try to walk that balance between the head and the heart. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll lean too far into my head knowledge and some, and I'll abandon my heart. And sometimes my heart gets so soft that I just feel like people are just like acting up because they know, you know, they know they can get away with stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just, I want to serve my local church in the best of the ability God has given me. And I want to do so effectively, but I also want to know when it's time for me to do the bigger, broader things that God wants me to do that may not necessarily result in my local church service, if that makes sense. It does. It does. It does. Excellent. Well, um, Pastor Jason, thank you so much. God bless you, sir. It's always a pleasure. Always. Uh, And I I am so grateful for your time today. Thank you. I had a great time. Thank you so much for listening and for coming along with me as we explore what it means to operate in the spirit of kingdom excellence. If you enjoyed what you've heard, and it is my prayer that you did, do me a favor, tell other kingdom leaders you know about this space and encourage them to subscribe and follow wherever you're listening. It's been my privilege to share a few minutes of your day talking about what it means to operate in the spirit of kingdom excellence. Be sure to check the show notes from today's episode for ways to stay connected with me. And remember, if excellence is important to God, it should be important to you. Until next time, may God bless you.